0: I'm really excited um, tonight to be joined by some of our amazing uh, women from our Giro uh, race team and and squadron.
1: Hi. Hi. Uh, Hi. How are we doing? (laughs) Good. 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 Excellent.
0: Well, thank you for joining this uh, Giro podcast. Um, Been wanting to do this one for a little while and I'm very grateful to have you guys here. Um, So, uh, well, let's do some little introductions quick. So who, who have we got here? Who have we got in front of me?
2: Some Me shy Daniela. People. Some very shy people. So we got
0: we got Daniela, we got Michelle, we Hi. got Debs, and we got Joe. Yeah. Great. Um, so firstly, thank you very much for giving up your time to do this podcast. Um, the, the, the the topic and the focus of the podcast tonight is to really look at and discuss from your standpoint uh, the role that women play in cycling. Um, you know, the coffee shop has been open for nearly seven years now. And, you know, through that, we've seen vary, varying levels of, 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 of women's participation in cycling. You know, obviously, we are essentially act as a pretty good cross-reference for the sport because we see people coming in either training or social. And so we get all different types of cyclists coming in from all walks of life on a weekend to have a coffee. So you really get to kind of a good understanding and a, a bit of a, you know, sort of flashpoint of, of, of what it is. Um, this last year it was amazing to see our as part of our race team you know getting involved in in the in few of the women's leagues and it was amazing to see some of you guys and the cohesion around that it was great to see you wearing our kit and smiling and it was it was excellent it was just like you guys are having a lot of fun on the bike um but the reason for the podcast is to really you know kind of maybe share a little bit of 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 my experience running a coffee shop that's community-based and wanting to kind of offer a platform and wanting to offer um, accessibility into a sport that we love so much whilst facing the reality is that it is a hugely male-dominated sport and we've tried various different ways some successful some not so successful of seeing more women involved in the sport from either a racing level or just an enjoyment level and it's something that we've found quite challenging i mean we've partnered with different brands in the past different groups and as i say sometimes it's worked really well but there's other times where it, it's been a struggle but from your standpoint let's start with how you guys got involved in cycling and what level you're cycling at now whether it's whether you're training or whether you're racing or whether you're just doing it to keep fit or whether you just enjoy it because because you love it um so yeah how did you guys get into the sport
2: i'm happy to start with a go how on. did i get into the sport if you want go, go on um, yes. So I started cycling about five years ago, and initially I thought, oh, it'd be a really great idea to do a, a triathlon, because I'm, uh, I'm a pretty good swimmer, um, not too bad at running, and I thought, oh, I could buy a bike. Um, and after one triathlon, I realised that I liked the cycling a lot more than the other elements mm. of it, um, and decided to join a, a cycling club to try and get into road cycling and learn more about, um, well, learn what it was all about. Mm. Um, Yes, and it kind of started from there and it's become a a massive part of my life and a a really important part of my social life as well as a great way to keep fit and keep healthy.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Debs. Michelle?
2: Um, Well, yeah,
3: thanks, Jordan. Um, I can't remember a time in my life where I haven't had a bicycle. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I suppose my father was my big inspiration to start off with. We used to go on these big um, cycle rides and he used to carry chocolate in his backpack so that we could actually make it to grandma's house. But actually, probably more seriously, when I moved to the UK from South Africa, I knew I needed something to keep me outdoors. Mm. So at vast expense, I shipped my rusty old mountain bike across and found a group of men actually mm. and started riding very regularly on a Saturday. That was sort of, I just said to everyone, I'm not available until two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon mm. once I'd got back and washed my bike. And so I kind of got in through mountain biking. And of course, I, you know, there was a community mm. and then, um, and we did mad 25 races and all those sort of things. So that was great fun. But then I had my children And that was quite hard, actually, to kind of taper down my cycling Mm. at that point. And I got given a road bike at some point um, shortly after my second child was born so that I could just basically leave from the house and then go and do laps around Richmond Park. And then I realized, actually, oh, this is good fun. And um, well, it obviously continued to be good fun, but different to mountain biking. And slowly over the time, I've actually, I've just, I've just ridden, you know, Saturdays were, was my ride day, end of story, for a very long time. It's been 18 years now. Mm. And then I started realising, actually, I can ride, because I've ridden with men, i was pushing myself quite hard, and I thought, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not too bad at this. Mm. Um, and then I've obviously met you guys and got involved with the race team and did a couple of races last year, which I absolutely loved. So was that your first
0: time, <laughs> time racing?
3: Um, proper. Well, I did a oh, few fun. mountain bike races and, um, you know, so the bug was, was, you know, I had the bug then already, mm. but it was the first time I've actually done sort of proper, proper road races. Um, I've done some hot chill, you know, I've done lots of events and sportives and stuff and always, you know, did my best and did really well in those. But I always recognised that it was the sportive cohort of people riding. It wasn't necessarily people who actually trained properly and race properly. Yeah. Um so for me it was really just nice to add on something extra. Fun. Um yeah. So so that's my journey, not cool. in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's was perfect. Thanks, Michelle. How, how about you, Jo?
1: Um my story is almost the opposite of Michelle's. Um, I never rode a bike as a kid. I didn't know how to ride a bike. Okay. I rode a bike for the first time in my entire life at 30. Oh, really? Um, I don't know how wow. I even stayed on. I, I didn't have any stabilizers, and no one was pushing me, but I somehow managed to ride a bike yeah. at 30. Got my first ever bike at 31. Wow. Um, And I used to use it to commute to work. I worked at a big hospital in central London, um, mainly because there was no public transport near it and no car parking. (laughs) So um, I started off by commuting. um, And I mean, you sort of took your life in your hands commuting into central London at that time, um, long before cycle superhighways and things like that. Um, And I never understood why people would go riding at the weekends. I just thought it would be more of the same. I thought, why why would someone want to do that again on a Saturday or a Sunday? Um, And then I signed up for a triathlon and uh, thought, oh, crikey, actually, I I better do a bit of this cycle lark and um, joined a triathlon club who took me on my first ever club cycle ride. um, And we went to Box Hill and I didn't know anything about eating or drinking on the bike. And I remember (laughs) I bonked going up Box Hill on my first ride from here. Um, And then it's been a steep learning curve since then, really. I carried on doing triathlon um, and discovered that I I love the the bike, um, did a lot of duathlons, competed at quite a high level in Mm. triathlon and duathlon. And then over the years, a little bit through injury and a bit by design, um, I focused more and more on cycling. And Mm. in the last year, I started doing a little bit of cycle racing and probably got my competitive kicks uh, from doing that.
0: Oh, cool. That's great. (laughs) And Daniela?
4: Um, I was a runner and then my knees gave up and then my partner when he had his operation done and one of his um, um, rehabilitations were to go on a bike so I thought I'm gonna give it a go so and then I just fell in love
0: and yeah and so how long ago was that then?
4: Um, that's about six years ago.
0: Okay, fine. So six years.
4: Yeah, I, I used to, I used to ride as a kid mm. bicycle, so I knew how to ride a bike mm. and, um, I always had a road bike mm. because our dad was always very sporty and then he always wanted a boys mm. and he always <laughs> would put us on a road bikes <laughs> and, um, yeah, but then I never thought that I would, you know, six years ago I would get myself a bike and and go and ride
0: so what is it about the sport now that you, that it is so appealing to you and i'm saying this to all of you you know so by, by all means just chime in so what is it about the sport that is that keeps you coming back day after day week after week year after year
4: it's like a drug um i love it yeah. and and i hate it at the same time <laughs> when but then you come for more, and then every single time I come back home, I want, yeah, my legs might be hurting, mm. but I still, you still come back for more, isn't it? It's like a, it, it is like a drug. Yeah. cycling
2: (laughs) is definitely type two fun uh you don't (laughs) always enjoy it when it's happening but i I think the the social aspect and the community aspect of it uh, and not just racing but also um you know socializing before the rides and after the rides and Mm. it's a really amazing way to meet new people Mm. um so if you know i moved Recently, well, a couple of years ago, I moved house to Surbiton, and the first thing I did was to come to Jiro and meet a whole bunch of new people to ride with.
0: Really? Well, I didn't realize. Yeah, it.
2: yeah. I mean, I knew that the cafe existed already, but mm. um, but it was a, you know new new group of people in a new part of town. So the social thing's mm. super important.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the,
1: com- the camaraderie is amazing. Mm. I've I've kind of met a whole new group of people who i i spend more hours with now than my family
4: yeah
0: (laughs) i mean we at at the time of recording this podcast we are obviously in you know a, a restricted life at the minute due to the coronavirus yeah um but you know with you know the likes of you know skype and house party and whatever apps a lot of the people that I'm certainly speaking to the guys or girls that I normally go riding with. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's, exactly. uh, it is, it, that yeah. social side of it is, is, uh, is massive. Uh, how, about, how about you, Michelle?
3: Um, for me, it's, it's everything the, other, the others have all said as mm. well. Um, and I've also really, really loved my cycling holidays. Oh, really?
2: Um, yeah. yeah. So I've done
3: cycle touring, you know, with the good old-fashioned panniers and mm-hmm. heavy bikes. Um, done some canal tours. And I've also, in China, I've been cycle touring in China, which was another
0: wow.
3: really, really fun, exciting adventure. Oh, that's but, one for the bucket um, list. Yeah. And then there's also, exactly it is. And then also just, you know, the usuals, going to the Alps, going to the Pyrenees. So... Before we had children, my husband's a cyclist as well, you know, we used to load up the car with bikes and, you know, if any camping fit, equipment fitted, we did that. And then we would go off and just ride. Mm. Those was our holidays and camp. And if we were tired of camping, we'd go into a and b or a hotel or whatever. And um, so for me, I've had the most fabulous holidays um, on bikes, you know, South America as well, et cetera. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, you get to places that you would never, ever, ever go to if you were just a normal tourist um, and then again the interaction you have with people that's a real leveller um, so yeah certainly it's, for me it's just an utter lifestyle I could yeah. not imagine um, I just couldn't imagine not having cycling as an option in my life
0: it's amazing isn't yeah. it once it gets in you it's in you
4: yeah Yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, yeah.
0: you just yeah, like- you're you're uh, you're you're absolutely a passenger from then on in
4: <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to go for all-inclusive holidays with Tarquin as well, but um, since we became a cyclist, it's you know you just go for holidays to cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it, everything has changed. So yeah. and it's just you can't imagine not going for a cycling holiday, going for a normal holidays. It's like non-existent.
2: I can't remember the last time I had a holiday that didn't involve (laughs) a bike. I usually
4: quickly take a picture, quickly picture for my family just by the pool or something. So sometimes I even like put a bikini on just to, you know, (laughs) tell them that I've been by the pool. (laughs) But it's usually, I don't even go swim in it usually. I just, you know, you just cycle all day every day, isn't it? So.
0: Yeah. Well, my uh, my wife isn't. Um, she doesn't ride. Um, well, she rides a bit, but not, not, not like uh, not like many people. And so I take my bike on holiday with us normally to Portugal. And of course, you know, I'm the one that's up at six a.m. to get in three, four hours riding, and then back by the pool. So it's best of both worlds. Yeah, true,
4: true, true. But then because we are both cyclists,
0: we it helps kind of yes, mm. it does help. Mm. Yeah, definitely.
4: So,
1: That's fine until you've got one turbo trainer and you're on uh, lockdown. Oh no!
0: Yeah, yeah, forget it. I've uh, I've managed to stay off the turbo so far. I've managed to try and keep get a, a like a very early doors outdoor ride in, but um, I'm, I think the turbo might be looming soon. Oh. Hey ho! Um, so we are talking about a sport that we absolutely love, and it's not just. Um, uh, you know a hobby it is a lifestyle as you said you know and it, it consumes every part of us um, and you know that's the reason why I opened up the coffee shop is to kind of celebrate that notion and to offer a place where people can come and cycling is just the vessel really it's the it's the, the, the centre point that we you know can build a community around and uh, it's been great to obviously meet some wonderful people um, you know from from your standpoint as females in cycling it would be really good to kind of pick that apart and you um, you know, understand where whether there have been challenges along the way to your journey uh, about being, um, um, you know, kind of in, embracing this sport, cycling, or whether you found the opposite. Um, yeah, by all means, kind of feel free to share, uh, share as you will.
4: For me, the biggest challenge was to to build the confidence to go out and cycle on my own. Mm. Um, or like with, without my partner, that was my biggest challenge to build the confidence to be able to go um, and meet other people and go out cycling with them. I think that was, was the biggest challenge for me.
0: So so pick pick that apart a bit. In in what sense are you look were you looking for that confidence?
4: Um, because I knew that whatever happened, um, my partner would always help me. To get home somehow, Sure. Uh, with navigation, with um, you know, with um, you know, stopping for food, or mm. he, he would always be there for me. But mm. um, and then I would always rely on him. Mm. Um, and then I start sli- slowly training myself to to do few rides on my own, and I would start in Richmond Park because I knew that if I will do three laps of Richmond Park, you know. When I haven't cycled for years and years, mm. then I would build up myself, my legs to go out and explore a bit more, and then it would be another step for me to, um, to go out and meet people and go ride, you know, not just in Richmond Park. Mm. So,
0: is that is that it was, is that kind of um uh that kind of confidence factor? Is that something that the the three the other three of you have, have experienced and um, and kind of been through
2: I think that the confidence thing is a is a huge issue especially around group riding am I gonna be fast enough mm. am I gonna slow people down what yeah. happens if this or that and and part of it is that I think I mean personally I haven't had the opportunity I haven't done a lot of bike riding until I was in my mid thirties oh. and um just the opportunity to have that practice of things like bike repair and yeah. Um, yeah. knowing what to eat. Lots of people are really keen to offer advice, but without really thinking about whether that's right for you. Mm. Um, and things like changing a tyre, like the number of times I've been on a ride, got a flat, and somebody's just taken my wheel off me and started to change my tyre. And the reason why I didn't know how to change a tyre for ages is because that's kept happening.
4: Yeah, sure. <laughs> um
2: and it took a while to get the confidence to say, "Hey, no, actually, I need to, I need to practice, practice doing it." And this. I need
4: to know, yeah. yeah, It's like you, you, you know, you, you learn to do it. But when you are in the situation on your own, and then, and then again, most of the time you ride with guys. And mm. if you ride with guys, I love riding with guys because they sort of like ride properly. Like I find sometimes with ladies not none of you, but <laughs> with <laughs> ladies, it can be a little bit like a chicken's all over the road. And because I'm pretty straightforward, I kind of like the clean ride where you know how to act properly at the roundabout. But, but don't you think that's like lack of experience and lack
2: of guidance? It's mm-hmm. a bit like, it, it is a bit of a chicken it is, and egg situation.
4: I, it, it is, it is. But I also think that um, even if you try to explain or like, Give them more guidance or something. It kind of turns against you sometimes. That you not trying, you trying to be not so nice, and it not I mean, always.
0: I, I would, I would potentially say that I think that's um, irrespective of, of gender. Uh, mm. I know, <laughs> I know, I've tried to offer some help or guidance to people, and it's just fallen on deaf ears, and I've got a, a bit of a yeah. narky look back. Um, and that—that's certainly with that, that road etiquette. But I mean, the those I think you know some of the points that you'll bring up, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, Michelle and Joe, um, around even just the 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 issues of, of of knowing what to eat and you know developing that confidence that you can kind of ride with with potentially whatever group. I mean, for, from when you I mean, Joe, you bought a bike at thirty. Well, sorry, you bought a bike at thirty-one. That transition from there to being an accomplished rider do you feel that gender had a part in that development whether in a positive or a negative sense
1: um i think i was very lucky that i was able to surround myself with more experienced cyclists than me and by default in the last 10 years that's been predominantly men um not by design it's just, just how it's been because more men have been cycling. Um, and I, it's just been a very steep learning curve. I've, I've learned a huge amount. Um, and I, I realized the people I ride with, I literally change gear when they change gear and mm. I stand up when they yeah, stand sure, up, sure, kind sure, of imprinted on them yeah. like little duckling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But just, just learn a huge amount in quite a short space of time from, yeah. from riding with better riders. And I think that's made me, or helped me to catch up quite quickly.
0: Mm. Michelle?
3: Mm. Well, I think it's, um, I I lead a women's ride um, group on a Friday. So every Friday morning, I take some women out riding. And one of the biggest issues that I find with a lot of women, so, um, you know, at the school gate, mums would say to me, oh, I've got a bike and I would absolutely love to come and ride with you. And I'll say, well, join us, you know, come along. And then they go, oh, no, but I'm not as fast as you. And I say, but it's not about me. And, yes. you know, we don't drop anybody yes. and we keep everybody. And... And I think because I've created this group and I'm very much the leader and I'm seen like that, people do... Uh, because I'm in that position, um, people do take stuff on board. So I've got relatively inexperienced riders who actually know how to ride on the road.
0: Yeah.
3: Which um, they... I keep telling them that they're actually lucky that they know all of that. Mm. Um, but it is... I mean, women, women don't want to get in the way. They don't want to be a hassle. They don't want to hold anyone back. And then they also... Yeah. I also find that um, you know, when you ride with men, they're a lot more gutsy, they will, they, a lot more sort of, there's a lot more bravado and so they kind of take chances and they do things, so for example if you get to a roundabout and you know that there's a small gap but you can all make it through, with men group you can go, with a women's group you have to stop mm. because yeah. they're going to they're think individually for example, you know, oh no I can't go, it's not safe, so, um, you know, so I do find that, that it's very, very different riding with women and the type of psychology involved in, in actually getting them into the group. And women think very individually, if I can put it that way. You know, it's all about self-preservation um, and the t- community rather than the bravado and the sort of macho egoist you mm. sometimes see with, with men riders. Mm. Um, you know, so and I'm, I'm very comfortable riding in both worlds. I've ridden with men for years and years and years, and I love it because mm. there's a banter, there's a there's certain vibe.
0: Um, and they really can rip your legs off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, from from our standpoint, with regards to the coffee shop, as I said, we've been open seven years, and 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 uh, even in our business plan, a, a really big part of what we had to do around our rides was to make it available to everybody and to break mm. down those barriers that stop people joining. Um, what we found very quickly was that we had a lot of you know sort of you know women come to us and say, "I'd love to ride," but. I'm worried I'm gonna to be too slow. Now this is both yeah. men and women, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, but there was definitely a lot more women than there were men. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And so we tried to do uh, women only rides and that went okay. And then again, even in, in that, in those sort of like factions, it was, um, uh, you'd have a faster group, you know, maybe people who were a little bit more serious and then a slower and there was always that barrier of wanting to get between. And I'll be honest, it, we found it really challenging. I think a large part of it is because I didn't necessarily understand the dynamics of it, you know, being a guy. Um, mm. And we, we, you know, we tried a number of the things, but our rides on Sunday, we make really clear that it's open for everybody, it's men and women. And we just encourage people to come and it feels that like that's the best that we can do. But yet I yeah. cannot help but feel that it's mm. not enough. Mm. And, and I don't, you know, truthfully at times, I don't know what else to do. I mean, you know, we, as I mentioned before, I cannot get away from the fact that it is a historically, a largely male dominated sport. And whilst the last few years, we've seen some amazing uh, more exposure in the women's pro peloton. And I'm, I'm referencing the, the, the professional scene mm-hmm. because that all does filter down. It filters down oh. through marketing, yeah. it filters down through brands, Definitely. through kit, um, and even just you know, kind of the imagery of, of, of women in marketing campaigns mm-hmm. is changing, mm-hmm. which is really excellent. Um, but it, you know, it, if if we were to take the percentage of cyclists that come in on a Sunday, for example, I'm probably going to say 80% of those are, are are guys, and and that is you know that's that's a that's from my standpoint that's quite a challenge to kind of is there anything that we can do around that is there something we can do more? Um, so yeah, I I mean, what, thing, what are what your thoughts on that?
2: The the thing about visual representation is really important because. Yes. I think that when people are looking at a brand or a place or a club, they're thinking, is this place for me? Do I fit in here? And if yeah. you don't see people like themselves represented in the images that that organization produces, whether it's social media or website or kit or whatever, um, they don't see how they could join that community or 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 how? buy into that brand. So I think I think visual representation is really important, and not as a separate ladies entity, but as a just day to day. And and we are seeing it filtering through the um, the pro Peloton, and we've started to see, for example, Eurosport have got um, Orla Chenoui, um hosting the Giro and the Vuelta, and that that makes a big impression that they 're not sort of a token element to the to the um, to the role that mm. they 're actually a core part of it
0: I mean one of the, what I remember the with regards to kind of the, the professional side of things if you remember the Olympics that was right here on our doorstep in two thousand and twelve mm. yeah. the women 's race was so much better than the men 's it was such mm. an exciting attacking race and that I think that was a really good um, start in see it. in seeing that shift and people's understandings of, of of that it's not just a token on the side it is a stand-up legitimate sport and it has to have an important impact in our in our just day-to-day community
2: so some, something also you mentioned about people not wanting to get dropped and being worried is it too fast for me mm. I think it's important however whatever you say the reality is, is that occasionally it does happen, not on giro shop rides. I'd I'm, like to I'm, add, look, but, I'm,
0: I'm sure it does. I mean, but, I, I'm no, not but, standing but here for, as someone but, that we've when got it I, perfect.
2: When I joined my first cycling club, I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to Regent's Park and say hello to a group of predominantly men who would drop me in the first lap Mm. and then I'd ride around a few times and go home and I did that for six months Mm. and the only reason why I joined the club is because I was just really persistent and I really (laughs) wanted to do it but Mm. most people would have bailed after the first Mm. or second time and likewise club rides on a Sunday the number of times I was just dropped leaving Richmond Park and then I'd meet everyone at the top of Box Hill and actually that's just rubbish behaviour and and, i mean that's 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 really sort of prevalent in the club community and it's and it's not just i'm not saying it's just blokes that do it i think there's a people are not particularly keen to nurture and support those coming through Mm. um and i think that's a shift that needs to be made
4: i i i just wanted to say that um when I joined my first, fr- it's not a club ride, but when I joined our first group of people riding, um, I would be the one who would always get dropped. And I would, you know, a guy would always sit with me and he didn't care, like, he would just chat to me. You know, back then I had no idea how I need to be eating, what time I, need, you know, I didn't know how all this works. And he was always so patient and you know it was always so nice to you know to have somebody with me even though i knew that he would be you know he could have been you know riding up front with everybody else and yeah so i mean that's... it also depends on on a gr- you know on the on the group of the people you know and they would always choose it's okay like you know just pedal it's fine like just get back it's mm. fine it's okay you just go you know
0: mm. so i mean that sounds great I mean, that sounds yeah. like the way it should be. So Joe, you were gonna say something a, a couple of minutes ago.
4: Um, I was
1: just gonna say that, um, I mean, it's been it's been fantastic to see the sort of raising and the kind of profile of, of women's cycling. And, and that's been fantastic. And there's been some great work done getting um, women's cycle groups off, off the ground. But I have had the experience where it sometimes perpetuates the divide between men and women because okay. women go on the women's ride yes. and not yeah. on a normal ride. And and I've actually had the experience of going along to um, to ride with a club. Um, and I'm used to riding with guys and getting my legs ripped off by guys most, most weekends, uh, present company excluded. Jordan um, and
4: um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I think and it's kind fair of- to
0: say, Joe, you'll be the one ripping my legs off. <laughs> <laughs>
4: But, that's, but, that's, but I've that's had the experience. Because Joe is actually, you know, yeah. Joe, you also, sorry to interrupt, but it's also, it's very different for you because you are very, uh, very healthy living style and you also, um, you are very sportive. But I, before I started cycling, I was literally just running and I wasn't the healthiest, you know. I <laughs> It's very different who I am now when when i start cycling it's very very different so for you yeah. to get start cycling i know you got yourself a bike when you turned 31 but you still had a i bet you were much better um in a much better shape than i was you know so but. it's very I've already confessed a bonking up box hell on
0: yeah, the bit of oh,
1: steep <laughs> no, so no, 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 yeah. learning curve. <laughs> that's um, just so, because well, you well, didn't eat, that,
0: that's <laughs> all. But I don't believe that you
1: no, did not I, I, I was pretty that. rubbish when I started <laughs> I, know, I promise. But but no, one of the experiences no. I, I had, right, kind of going along to ride with guys was them making the assumption that because I was a female I only wanted to do a social ride or I only wanted to do yeah. it for those reasons. And there wasn't the space or the idea that women could be competitive. Mm. Or that you might want to ride hard. So whilst we need to bring people on and nurture them, we also need to encourage women to say, actually, you know what? You can be competitive. You can yeah. go yeah. and race. Why can you not go and race? Why should mm. you not do
0: those things mm. too? Absolutely. Mm.
2: I think that gives that's a, a prime opportunity to mention something that I'm in, I've been involved in and it was what got me into racing in the in the first place um it was the um was London Women's Racing which is a an organization that's that is in place to encourage women to race either for the first time or for those who want to improve and and we've mentioned like women specific um organizations and I, again i like riding in a mixed group i wouldn't necessarily pick something that was only women specific but um lwr um, encouraged me to race for the first time and gave me the confidence because there were going to be other people there that I'd know and that support was promised and that made a really big impact on me feeling confident enough to try my first time trial hmm. um, and subsequently ended up being the, the co-chair of it and so it's been really having the confidence to do that yeah the assumption that women don't want to race and don't want to be competitive is wrong because there's lots of women that want to race but it comes back to that confidence thing again Mm. i think Mm. But i think for
3: me because i mean as you kind of have gathered my my little racing bug has bitten quite late (laughs) and i think um one of the big reasons was is that i never actually ever believed that i was good enough to race Mm. Um, i never believed that i was fast enough i never believed i could and I think it was possibly because I only rode with men that I never mm. had that, comparis- that comparison. Yeah. And it was only when yeah. I started riding with women, I went, oh, "Oh, actually, you know, I can see, I can hold, you know, I can, I'm quite steady on this bit, or whatever, you know." Just not that I'm comparing myself at all, but it was just if you, if I only ever compared myself to the men I was riding with, I was never going to beat them, you know. Mm. Let's face mm. it. Um, so for me, that was really a big, a big thing. Um, yeah. So that's my. And I would love to do more racing. It's just, you know, with the kids and things. Yeah. And also, I am still scared. I kind of think, oh, what if I yeah. fall? You know, if I fall, mm. I'm, I'm a hot chili ride captain. Then I can't go and do the events that I do if I, you know, break a bone or, you know, hurt myself too badly. So, you know, the consequences of certain certain types of racing for me could, could mean, you know, that I can't ride for a while mm. and I'm thinking, how will I cope with that then? Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's my journey in terms of racing.
0: I mean, it's yeah. been in the last kind of... Oh, let's see, I don't know, six, probably more than that, maybe last 10 years. It's been very noticeable in the, you know, in the kind of media and with, with journalism around like, uh, women's sport, that for example, the, the England women's football team on BBC yeah, Sport is funny. just listed as mm-hmm. England football. They don't mention women. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's been, I think, a really mm-hmm. important thing. And it's amazing to, to think about the generation of girls that are growing up now, mm-hmm. looking at that and seeing it as normal. And I, I definitely, Joe, take on board what you're saying, uh, you know, uh, around that it's important that it's not to be separate. I think it's really important that just people see it as, 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 it, as something that's just normal and done. And yeah. that, mm. and, you know, from, from our standpoint, with regards to our kind of like community hub, you know, I, I suppose I asked the question, like what, what role can, can we play um, as members of this community in one, encouraging more Women to get on their bikes and ride. One encouraging more um, to sort of join this community, and then how can they progress to racing? How can they progress to that? And it might not be racing local crits. It could be ultra distance. It could be it could be anything. Um, mm. You know what 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 do you think is being done that we need to celebrate, and what mm. um, well what could stop being done? And then also what are the other things that aren't being done that we could do?
3: I Jordan, you know, I think one thing that um, we haven't really looked at as well is sort of women in terms of their role as a mother. Yes. Um, You know, so for a lot of women who've got children, they're going to prioritize their family first. So it could be the times of rides. You know, for me, a Saturday has now been filled up now with my children's sport um for example so i have to adjust my ride times and sometimes it means i can't ride on a saturday morning at eight o'clock but Mm. i can ride at three o'clock in the afternoon (coughs) because by then everybody's home everybody's chilled they're in front of a movie and i can dash out for a couple of hours so you know there's also that aspect that we need to consider and you know and yeah and if there's two cycling members in the family the husband and wife then usually the husband yeah the wife will go no no no, you go i'm I'm speaking quite generally i know that but um that's those are sort of conversations that i've heard in the groups that i'm you know that i am with and cycle with sometimes and so that's um, why
0: you have your group so on fridays is that correct
3: that is why i have my yeah. group on a friday yeah. because you know those are then and a lot of the women because i've been so consistent i mean we started off we were just one you know often it would just be myself and one other mm. and because i've just kept it really 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 consistent so many mm. people are organizing their work diaries around it you know so If they work a Friday half day, they're going to ride in the morning and work in the afternoon, etc. You know, so there's there's a lot of women who are now joining the group who Mm. have structured their life Mm. around that. And then they're so happy because they freed it up on the weekends. Um, it doesn't suit everybody, but, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody all the time.
0: I mean, you, but, uh, you, you mentioned the, the term consistent there. I mean, uh, I have a friend of mine who's in, who lives in Italy, and he phoned me today and he's got this idea he wants to open up a coffee shop. I told him he was crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but seriously, you know, one of the things I said is that if... And because his vision for it, I think, is bang on, and, and it's very much kind of that being a hub, you know, where he lives. Hmm. And I hmm. said to him, you need to be consistent. Uh, that's the only way that's going to continue to nurture that trust. And, look, speaking truthfully, around the kind of our, our women's right at zero. that's something yeah. that we just have not been consistent at. We've tried different things, mm. and it has fallen down. And, mm. you know, I absolutely hold up my hands and say, do you know, this is something that, yes, we've tried different things, but we have not been consistent. And I think it's probably consistent with the message. I mean, because I, I remember we, we, we tried to do... Um, uh, we started a, 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 a series of women's rides, maybe a couple, two, three years ago. Um, I was with um, Alicia, with Queen of the Mountains. And um, we, I, I got a bit of flack on social media for calling it a ladies ride, how it was too patriarchal. And I was just, mm. I was like, like what? I'm like, well, I don't I don't know what to do here. I, I feel like I can't mm. win. Um, and of course that was a very extreme reaction and not the, you know, not the kind of the, the mainly considered approach. Um but I can certainly, you know, say that we definitely have not been as consistent as I as I as I think we could have been. Um mm. and I hope that it hasn't been detrimental in, in people's journeys of, of being cyclists.
2: So I, I think it's it's important to identify the things that are that might be the barriers to women. But mm. rather than then specifically saying, right, well we're gonna do a woman's ride mm. it's the kind of ride, like the introduction rides that you did. Yeah, we did them in the so summer, yeah. So the, the number of women proportionately that turn up to those rides is greater.
0: Yeah, you're um, right. You're in terms right. of the
2: group. Mm-hmm. So having a consistent number of those rides is going to give people the confidence that will then feed into the Sunday rides, hopefully. Yeah. Or just give people the confidence to go out as friends. It might be that that some women don't want to come out mm-hmm. in a big, a big group, um, so, we might be trying to pursue something that actually it 's not what people are after yeah um,
0: yeah that 's right, yeah, that makes sense
2: yeah, so it, you know it could be just giving people the confidence to go out and 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 do their own thing, mm. um, but not specifically targeting a woman 's specific ride. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I do. Th- I do think it is about describing the ride
3: um, appropriately. You know, a social ride, or a b- or an entry level, or a development ride, or whatever. You know, you find yeah. find a nice term that actually resonates with people. Mm. But and then you know, because and I and I can definitely see it. There are definitely women that want to progress, want to get better. You know, they'll ask me, Michelle, how can I go faster? How can I get up hills better? And then there are other women who go, do you know what, I love riding my bike and I love the fact that I can count the daffodils on the side of the road. And I, you know, um, I watch the little squirrel dash off into the trees, you know. So for every, I think, you know, there's different reasons people ride their bikes. Yeah. And, and you know, we may not want, you know, a whole, you know, it depends on, you know, what what the community is about and actually being able to offer that community to people. and. For a lot of women, you know, they've had a stressful week, for example, with the kids, you know, whatever, and they can get on their bikes and they've got someone next to them who also had a stressful week with their kids and there's a little bit of banter
0: mm. and there's
3: that community feeling. And mm. I really feel like our coffee stops, I never valued how our coffee stops on the Friday morning. Mm. Um, some of the conversations that we have, mm a lot deeper than I can
0: say when we go
3: out with the guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that you know, So, I mean, that so is, there's that, that community that's, that women
0: need. That's, yeah. the, that's the, I mean, that is, that's why we open up the coffee shop. It's to enable, as I mm. say, cycling's just the vessel. Like it could be anything. Yeah. I mean, it could be a golf cafe, whatever. It doesn't matter. Allowing for the, that communication to take place and mm. allowing for those connections to take place amongst people is so important. And that's why this is, mm. you know, having this conversation now is really important um because we want to make sure that we can try and offer that platform to as many people as possible um because it's beautiful sorry joker
1: no i was just going to say i think i'm not wanting to stereotype and and say there are sort of vast psychological differences between men and women but there are subtle differences and Mm. um for example, in the way we act as as consumers, you know, men look at a pair of jeans and go, pair of jeans, this size, done. Women will look at the description and want to read mm. kind of the reviews. So, so what I've often found is that women want more information. Sure. Mm. The guys just want to know, shop right eight o'clock Sunday. <laughs> Whereas women, <laughs> yeah. especially if it's something you don't know, you're going into something unknown mm. and some uncertainty, mm. Mm. a lot of women want to know a bit more about what time do you meet beforehand and what time yeah. do you leave and how many groups and who's led and what's the etiquette and the protocol. I think that just gives a lot of people confidence to yeah. come into something they don't know so much about.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, spot on. Maybe, maybe having
2: some identifiable people that, whose faces are recognisable so we've always got, the, we've got the ride leaders. But when I first started coming, I was like, oh, I don't really know anyone. So I'd hang around outside until 29 minutes past eight. And and then everyone had come out and I'd go on the ride. And it probably took me six months to get the confidence to sort of turn up early and say, hey guys, and have a coffee. Mm. and um, And I'm quite an extroverted person, but I still felt quite intimidated by turning up to a new group. So perhaps having like friendly faces that, you could introduce people to or that that could reach out if a new person was interested Mm -hmm. so that they had someone to meet and recognize i don't know just
0: i mean this is this is really important stuff to hear um it's it's you know like we you know we do our shop rides every sunday and we you know think that we do enough by posting on social media and people talking about it um Mm. but there's definitely opportunities here you're absolutely right and we don't want to see people kind of slip through the cracks you know we want people to kind of feel welcomed in and 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 you know feel a part of it um, I think
2: what's super important on the Sunday rides is that when the the ride leaders are brilliant at leading the rides and keeping everyone in check so people really respect what they're saying and mm. you know if Matt says knock it off guys <laughs> everyone does um, where you know so I think that's also really important The the sort of characters and people respect the ride leaders and do what they're asked to do I think that's really helpful.
0: Yeah that is good to know
3: yeah. And actually, I think that's a really valuable point because if they are the, the ride leaders that you know are going to control the pace, control the group, keep it together, it actually should give people a lot more confidence to join those mm. rides. Because if it's just a bunch of mates going out, there's always going to be somebody half wheeling and somebody pushing the pace Mm. and nobody actually then reining it all back in again. Mm. Um, So I think, you know, from that perspective in terms of really getting that community going, getting more people and more women involved is about saying, don't worry, someone's got your back. Mm. You know, they may not know your name, but they've got your back.
1: Um, there are also subtle differences in how men and women ride, and Michelle's alluded to this already. Um, a woman might be just as strong, have as many watts per kilo as a guy, but guys will, you know, they'll often hammer away from those traffic lights or they'll pull away from that roundabout really oh, hard. Yeah. And women mm-hmm. riders often who are very <laughs> capable of holding yeah. the average pace of the ride, get they get dropped a little bit on those mm. junctions or there's no there's yes. kind of just... The men see a gap and think, I can get through that. The Mm. women see a gap Mm. and think, oh, I'm not sure I can, and they stop. Mm. And then you've been dropped from Mm. the ride, and you have to chase back on. Mm. So ride leaders just being thoughtful about Mm. that people people ride differently. It's not about not being as strong or as fast, Mm. but people just approach a little bit differently can help a ride leader keep a group together and then everyone yeah. have a really positive experience mm. the guys or whoever's stronger in the group mm. thinks actually we kept up a really good average pace mm. and no one's had that experience of being spat out the back because you all pulled away from that roundabout and, and
0: then wasting team. a lot of energy mm. chasing back on and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and then
1: you fall further behind because you're exhausted
2: because you've been <laughs> chasing on i mean that's intervals. every time there's a
0: junction. <laughs> that's something that i definitely try and get our ride leaders to to yeah, be Understand. very very disciplined on. As then you have one at the front and one at the back and it's, you know, just try and keep yeah. it together and not, you know, sort of stretch out at corners or traffic lights or whatever, but keep communication clear. Mm. Um, I mean, that's really, I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, some of these things are really great in especially building confidence at whatever levels, you're absolutely right. It's not just about getting into cycling. It could be building confidence to do your first race or, you know, to get into the faster group or whatever. I think that's really important. Yeah. With regards to, um, you know the industry side of things. How do you feel? Um, I mean, from your standpoint of everything from buying bikes to buying kit, how is that process now? And what are ways do we think that can be improved?
3: Oh, Jordan, when I started out riding, I honestly had to wear small men's stuff that did not fit. The oh, really? colours were awful. Oh my goodness! And then they decided, oh, let's let's create some stuff for women, and oh, uh, the shorts were and it was shorter pink. than.
2: Oh, shrink it awful. and pink it and put some flowers on yeah, it. I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it shocking. <laughs> I think I have still got some of it in my attic. If you want to see
3: it, oh, wow. <laughs> it's, oh, it was awful. It was awful. So now and I, I am really, really finding that the clothing. I mean, I absolutely love the Giro Kid. Um, it's so comfortable. It's mm. brilliant. It's well, you know, it's really well cut mm. and fits and wears beautifully all day long. But um, but generally, I think a lot of cycling brands have embraced the women's um, geometry. You know, the women's geometry, and Absolutely. you know, it is different to men's. Of course, it is. Um, so I'm finding a massive difference there.
0: Well, you um, you reference the yeah. kit. I mean, our kit is made by Attacko, which is an Australian brand, but mm, the, the, mm. the 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 garments are made in Italy, and attacker have found the women's psyche a very interesting one and at times quite challenging one to crack into and um, because of how the 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 consumer behavior is very different from the male side just as you know we're talking about the community but the consumers so very mm. different mm. joe as you mentioned i mean um, of course i'm speaking generally but a guy will probably just go online and go yeah that'll do and you know chuck it in the car off we go whereas mm. um it's difficult you know the, the, from our standpoint with regards to understanding consumer trends it's not as clear cut as that mm. from the women's side mm. of the mm. thing mm. um but what attacker have done is they've they the only team that they well the only big team that they sponsor is a, is the women's race team it's called rock salt attacker um which is now a world tour team well this year was a world tour team obviously now there's no season <laughs> um but you know they have not got behind you know men's teams they, they do a men's uh, um uh mountain bike team, but with regards to the, the women's, that, is, that, that was something they felt quite passionate about. And they've worked with them to help develop the garment. Um, but even still with that kind of promotion and that understanding, it's very difficult for that to translate into sales as well because it's understanding the consumer behavior. Um, and it's great that, you're, uh, that Michelle, you've referenced the fact that the kit was right for you, which is so important. Um, I mean, you know, it's, again, this is just something that, you know, from my standpoint, you just take for granted because it's like, oh, there's kit, but actually, we are talking about something completely different here. The the rest of you, what have your experiences been around the kind of the whether it be kit or or bikes or or, or accessories?
4: So first few years, I was actually wearing the wrong size of my bibs. I oh, really. <laughs> and then, I just want to have myself measured, and they said, oh, hang on a minute, you're actually wearing really, you know, you. Your size up. That's why you know you're always having rubbing, and that's why you're always having such a, you know, not such a comfortable ride. Mm. So, you know, it's little things where it's very kind of like taboo for ladies. Mm. They don't really talk about it. Mm. But now I'm like, no, I know. I'm like, oh, really?
0: And it's that Great, co- is, it gets back to confidence again. As you say, it's that having yeah. that confidence to be able to talk about it. That confidence to be able to go. Yeah, a minute. Is Nobody right? talks is about it. Mm.
4: Like. You know how, you know when I got introduced to chamois cream, it was. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> you do what? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, nobody talks about it. It's very taboo.
2: You know, and yeah, women's that, saddle health is probably another podcast. But it's it it's <laughs> true. It, I After the Watershed.
4: Yeah,
2: mm. <laughs> I nearly Nobody stopped cycling because I it. couldn't get the right advice about Gosh. the right mm. saddle and yeah, the right exactly. kit. Exactly. Um, and the, the thing same. is, if
3: you don't know what you are supposed to, what it's supposed to feel like, you don't know if yeah. it's wrong to ask the question. So, yeah,
4: exactly. That's how I was till yeah. like, you know, yeah. two years ago. I'm like, really? So, Great. Is, Thanks.
0: has that has that changed or? Yeah, is, it's
4: much, much better. And so how, yeah, how is it too- better now? Well, I, so, when I well when I came back home after a long ride, I would be like literally could hardly sit down on a loo. And now it's like, <laughs> wow, wow. It. there is a life behind, you know, and then you can you can be just fine. I think a lot of
2: bike fitters have got what you know they've gathered experience, and they they they're talking about saddle health mm-hmm. and kit, and mm-hmm. they're aware of the issues that women's face. That mm-hmm. there's a a, a Fair number of professional women who've talked Mm. about the difficulties that have experienced.
0: Gosh, that's so important.
2: Um, And professional saddle fit, uh, bike fitters are now really up on on that. Yeah, great. I I think.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, from a bike purchase perspective, you know, um, I I sort of resent a little bit that you know a man can buy a bike and can literally, you know, it's forty two, typically speaking, centimeter handlebar width, and Mm. the saddle is a male saddle. Mm. Whether you like the saddle or not becomes your own personal preference. Mm. However, if you're a woman, there's no way you want to sit on the man's saddle. No way, ever. <laughs> not even for one kilometer down the road. And if your handlebars are too wide, you know, you, you're you really spending a lot of money on a bike. You know, then you've got to go and spend even more money just to you know, to reduce the handlebar width to you know, 40, 36, whatever. Um, so that you actually are comfortable, if you enjoy riding your bike, if you want to ride your bike more. But if you don't know that's what you need, then you're not going to spend, do you know what I'm, this is again what I'm trying to say. So people get their bikes and they go, I'm so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, The bike shop man told me I'm a medium sized frame, Mm. but why am I so uncomfortable? It's like, Mm. well, your handlebars are so wide apart, Mm. you know. Mm. So I think there's still a way to go. And I think, you know, bike manufacturers could possibly consider the fact that um, they need to be able to sell a bike, you know, off the shelf, so to speak, Mm. but with different handlebars and different saddles. Mm. yeah
0: yeah and a female version of the saddle michelle i mean if yeah. you were to buy a curve uh we can give you whatever saddle <laughs> <buzz laughs> you want no, uh, no problem at all
2: <laughs> the, uh, i think one of the things I'm that has you. changed quite radically in terms of marketing and bikes and um uh, and kit mm. is slowly manufacturers are getting rid of the sexist rubbish that yeah, they yeah. put in front of us to try and again and that doesn't marketing help the junk. image or the you know that that is another this isn't for me because I have to look like this or you know mm. um so you know an unnamed Swiss brand <clears throat> assess, um, <laughs> you know finally have taken their soft porn out of their marketing yeah. and yeah. Uh, and even even now, you look at the—I don't know whether even if you look at the gravel Try Hard Instagram account, but the woman takes the Mickey out of whatever sexist marketing is out there, mm. and there's still companies selling women's kit mm. and and men's kit mm. with you know really hyper sexualized mm. images of mm. women, and it's you do not see that for men in cycling. No, yeah,
0: you're right. It's not real. It's not real life, um, and that's playing into no. a patriarchal. And then society, women don't see
2: themselves reflected, so they, I can't be a cyclist because it's not for me. And actually, anyone with a bike who gets on it and rides around is a cyclist. Mm,
0: absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, it's amazing that yeah. that shift is, is changing, for sure. Oh, um, thank God. And, you know, and it's great that the information is is out there, especially around the mm. bike fit side of things. Mm. Um, there's some things that, you know, certainly the industry is just taken for granted. Um, and it's great having conversations like this is just so, so important. Um, obviously, I'll, we'll, we'll wrap, start to wrap things up. I don't want to take up more of your uh, Monday evening. Um, before we close off, is there anything that you guys want to say or anything you feel that we haven't covered? They just think is a really important either message to get out there or an experience that you've had and, and want to share?
3: I just I think from my perspective, I really just would love women just to give it a go. If they're feeling like they you know, their bikes in the in the garage, you know, that somebody's bought them, they've bought themselves. Just take it out, oil the chain, pump the tires Mm. and and just go. Just do it. And you know, if you're scared of the roads, put on knobbly tires, Mm. go off road. Mm. Um, you know, you don't you don't have to be restricted by by any sort of parameters, really. And that's what's awesome about a bike, is that there are so many different varieties of the way you can ride your bike. And just do it, just Mm. do it. Yeah. Mm. Um, And the more you do it, the better you, you know, the more confident you feel. And those endorphins, I promise, they're a a little bit addictive as we've alluded to. Oh, yeah,
0: (laughs) what a drug. Thanks, Michelle. Cool, all right, well, Mm -hmm. we'll leave it there. Debs, Michelle, Joe, Daniela, thank you so much uh, for joining thank me tonight. Um, it's been a really good conversation. And I think we should do do one or two more of these. I think there's there's lots of things that we can cover, and and uh, hopefully you know the the sentiment behind this podcast is coming across clear to everyone who's listening, um, and you know we'll we'll start to relay a little bit more information uh, to our audience base, um, and offer different ways to help build that confidence in in riders and help strengthen that community of cyclists. Um, so guys, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your time, and well, hopefully, when this coronavirus nonsense is all over, we'll, um, yeah. we'll be able to <laughs> kind of get out on the on the bike again. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Yeah, thanks,
3: Jordan. Thanks thank, you. thank you. Thank you.